Welcome to the Nathan Crane Podcast, your number one source for everything holistic health. Listen to guest interviews with top doctors and health experts and discover cutting-edge solutions for living your healthiest, longest, and most fulfilling life. There's never been a better time to become healthier, happier, and more alive. And now your host, best-selling author, inspirational speaker, and cancer health researcher and educator, Nathan Crane. So, Robbie, one of the one of the reasons, many reasons, um, I wanted to have you on the podcast is your your background and your uh, knowledge and experience with healing modalities like red light therapy and infrared uh, therapy, for example. And I want to get into the science of this and and kind of dive deep down the healing mechanisms with you and as well as, you know, get to know you better and, and our audience get to know you better and, and the work that you do. But I, so a little background, I, I found out that I had um, some major tears in my shoulder a few months back. And I think it was from a skiing accident a couple years ago. And I was, I was weightlifting just like normal every day. And all of a sudden I started getting pain in my shoulder and weightlifting, doing Olympic weightlifting, like snatches and clean and jerks and things like that. And I've been doing that, you know, last couple of years, no major problems, no pain. And I was just lifting like normal. Nothing really happened specifically. And then all of a sudden I woke up next morning. It's like, I could barely move my shoulder, got some blood flow, kind of felt better. I lifted again that night. It was kind of the same or worse the next day. I kind of you know, stubbornly continued through that for probably four or five days until it was like, all right, this is getting worse. It's not staying the same or getting better. Uh, Immediately went to go see a PT, started getting some work done, some physical therapy. And then actually within about two, within about three weeks, we got the pain down pretty quickly and some more function and mobility. Um, mostly doing physical therapy and a bunch of other stuff we'll talk about too, infrared sauna and other things. But, um, but I went and got an MRI and the MRI showed that I had a bunch of stuff going on. So rotator cuff tears, uh, partial thickness, low grade tears, um, an intermediate tear, bursal tears, like, all kinds of stuff. And it was a kind of a pretty serious, a pretty shocking thing. You know, uh, have you ever been through like a, a kind of serious injury like that? Uh, I want to say yes, but not quite. I wouldn't call it serious, but I did. I, when I was younger, maybe 35 or 40 years ago, um, I had a, an incident, a water skiing incident that the guy driving the boat took off before I was ready and basically hyperextended both of my shoulders and it wasn't fun. Oh yeah. And I lived with it basically for almost 30 years. Um, First, first thing I did was did the traditional route, went to an orthopedic. And of course, you know, in today's world, when you go to a surgeon and you go for what do they do? They do surgery, right? So you know, it's kind of like, that's all they know. He scheduled me within a week. He had me on the table. He wanted to have me on the table. Again, this was 35, 40 years ago, Nathan. And 
um, I, um, I'm an alternative natural uh, integrated functional um, sort of healer. I take that approach to healthcare. And so um, back then, acupuncture wasn't legal in the country, in our country, but through a, a few friends, I got introduced to a guy who just came over from the Philippines and was doing um, treatments in his apartment. What country? Went to go, uh, he was from the Philippines. Where? No, where were you living? Oh, I was here. Um, and, actually, I was living Midwest, like Chicago. Acupuncture wasn't legal when this was 30 years ago? Oh, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I didn't even realize not, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't legal then. That's um, crazy. It, it was, it just, like was, was it just in that state or was that nationwide? No, nationwide. It wasn't legal in the country then. Oh, my God. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, and it sounds funny because now, like, what we take for granted, you know, right. um, back then, you know, it wasn't. But and I, I suppose I might have been taking risks, per se, um, but I, I did want to seek some kind of alternative way to try to heal before I went under the knife for traditional surgery, because they were talking about putting in a plate and a screw and, you know, all the stuff that I'm sure um, you're well aware of with your own, your own uh, story, what you just talked about. Um, but I, I, you know, now I'm a little bit stronger with my feeling that traditional allopathic approaches to medicine and the protocols, I, I just don't take that for granted. You know, I'm, I'm not the one that, because the doctor says it, I do it. I question it. And what happened was I was actually working with some alternative, um, like uh, shiatsu and, and um, alternative healers. And um, they recommended uh, that I go see this guy. And in, in two treatments, two treatments, I was completely healed. Of acupuncture. Yeah. Wow. So, so it was just, um, an, I mean, the, the, the explanation for that would be, you know, it, it had turned into an energetic block in your shoulder, right? I mean, it was a longstanding energy. I mean, a longstanding injury that probably actually healed itself, but the energy in that area was the trauma was still there, right? Because that's what acupuncture does is it helps to open up the energetic meridians in the body and help release what we could call blocked energy. So do you think that's what happened? It basically, you just had the traumatic injury, traumatic energetic blockage that was still there and the acupuncture opened it up and then. Yeah, pain was pre gone? pretty much. I love the way you described that just now, because most people even listening, if they just tuned in, it's an alternative way. The Eastern culture um, for 8,000 years have been practicing non-invasive forms of healing. And of course, acupressure, acupuncture is one of those. And, and we've accepted it now. And in fact, they use acupuncture in, you know, brain surgery so that the patient is basically very aware of what's happening while they're working on them, um, but is completely um, free of pain and any kinds of challenges because of the same blocks that you're talking about. Now they're imposing a block as opposed to releasing a block of energy, right? And so the Western approach is, okay, you know, let's go in, we'll do surgery, we'll put in a plate, then we'll sew you up. And so you're going to maybe have a scar, um, maybe some adhesions, which I think is one of your challenges. Um, and then, um, but they don't really address the energetic pathway. So we deal with tissues, the internal and external tissues. We deal with arterial um, and, uh, and venous venal blood flow but western approach even today doesn't really truly embrace 
the energetic systems. And so I don't believe that you can truly heal unless you unless you heal that. And so you, when you do a surgery, you're actually severing maybe a um, tissue and a muscle, and then they sew you back up. And so the tissues are mending. But what about the when that when they did that um, that surgery? What about this the way that they cut through that energetic pathway? And then what is that? What other areas does that energy that block now that it's severed? where does that fit, go to other than the localized challenge that you know that you're talking about it's not just that because that channel might connect to you know like your your thymus or other parts of your organs that are now somewhat inhibited from their full ability to um, for your body to function because that energetic pathway is healed up so on and that so, note uh i want to share something really fascinating because i think that that what you just shared is like incredible and i've seen it firsthand um with an ancient healing ancient chinese healing modality called qigong which i know you know about something i've been practicing for a few years now and uh, actually studied with a master qigong teacher in santa fe for a couple of years and spent time at his retreat and doing qigong every day and watching people come into the qigong retreats with all kinds of crazy and just chronic and debilitating, painful, chronic health issues, including one, I did a documentary about Tom Loswick, Tom Loswick, which is on YouTube. It's for free. Anyone can go watch it. Interviewed him, his daughter, his uh, people who knew him, his colleagues, his life coach at the time, um, where he was basically on his deathbed, multiple chronic diseases, um, had ton of issues going on, cancer, all kinds of things, basically was on his way out of this life in a wheelchair, rolled up in a wheelchair to Qigong, or Qigong retreat for his last, it was like his last resort. It was like, well, this doesn't work. I'm dead, you know? And he had mm -hmm. already had plates put in his lower vertebra, an entire metal plate. And the doctor had, so this was another, you know, physical thing that had happened to him. And his doctor told him, you will never, you know, bend properly again or twist, twist your spine around or anything like that. You just, you can't do it. You'll never do it. Just let it go. And one of the, one of the movements in this form of Qigong, wisdom healing Qigong taught by Ming Tong, Master Ming Tong Gu, is called spinal bone marrow, where you hold your arms like this and you twist your spine all the way around. And so here he is in this Qigong retreat in all this pain twisting his spine when the doctor told him, you know, never do that again. You got plates in your spine and he's just dealing with so much chronic, you know, I mean, acute pain doing that. And what he, what he goes on to describe to me was it was like the fifth or sixth day of retreat of doing this. He just really committed to it because that's part of the Qigong practice is like enter into the discomfort, like accept the discomfort. Don't fight it. Don't run away from it. Bring the energy because the, the Qigong is all about energy medicine, connecting to the energy in your body, very much like uh, acupuncture, but without the needles, right? It's, it's a etheric kind of uh, energetic practice. And it was like the fifth or sixth day he was doing it. And all of a sudden he had this huge, like he heard this huge pop, kind of this explosion. And he said he just felt this massive release of energy leave out his spine, out his body. And from that moment forward, he was pain-free. He could twist left, right, no pain, no problem from that day forward. 
And here I am interviewing him years later, completely changed, totally healed, got off all of his meds, all his pain meds. He's got, you know, and he was on like a dozen medications on multiple hardcore pain drugs. You know, he had did the, he had done the, um, what's the big pain clinic in California? Is it the Harvard pain clinic or the Mayo pain? There's a really, really prestigious like pain clinic, uh, university in California. He had done that. I can't remember what it is at the moment. Um, and, and got off all and through Qigong got off all of his drugs and all of his diseases eventually went away, all of his pain. And I was swimming with him. We went swimming in the pretty cold, uh, ocean in the winter in Northern California in San Francisco. And we're out there swimming together. He's swimming, he's surfing again. He's, you know, doing all this stuff that doctor said you'd never do. And it was to your point the surgery that had fused all that and had cut, you know, into all the meridians and blocked all that energy, he released that energy through an energy practice and became pain-free, which I think is just incredible, just fascinating right. that that's possible. Right. Well, you got to, you certainly, when you've experienced that, but when people listen to the story, you can get closer to appreciating that there, there are other methods um, for healing or in healthcare than just what we've been taught or programmed to believe, which is that Western model, medical model. Um, so I, I was never traditional in that way at all, Nathan. So, you know, to me, hearing what you're saying is something that I basically live and breathe um, in our, my own practice here um, and, uh, and have for, you know, 25 years plus plus my own own personal approach, which is basically almost out of the gate, you know, from a little guy. <laughs> so, um, but it is interesting. It's super interesting. And it, it is interesting to see the evolution and the merging of this East versus West. And actually it's not just the, um, the, uh, the Asian bloc approach, but the Indian, um, East Indian approach too has a dynamic that's very similar. Um, the Ayurvedic approach to healthcare is also um, pretty interesting to me. So I study all this stuff. I think that we're probably pretty eclectic in our approach because I don't think there's any one answer. The idea is, is that it could be a combination. And even though, you know, maybe your health challenge is complex and the body is complex, generally what we've experienced is that the road back is relatively primal, like relatively simple, but you have to really kind of almost start from the ground up in order for you to make sure that you're have a good foundation. And then to, truth be told, the body does all the heavy lifting. Yeah. And, and so I think that's the ship mind mindset shift that I'm feeling is subtly occurring these days. And, and maybe it was promoted through the whole COVID experience because we've got disconnected. We've had a lot of time to think about things. We've had a lot of time to appreciate um, maybe what we do have, what's missing, um, maybe how broken the Western model is, healthcare model is. And I don't come from a place of judgment, by the way, in this discussion. I think there's a place for that Western model, but I ju it's just not my first go-to. Uh, and and so, so I think there's been an emerging um, really shift in consciousness, in my opinion, and awareness as to uh, maybe an opening up of, of a mind to knowing that there might be other uh, ways, other roads to roam, other ways to heal. Yeah. And, um, and ultimately, I, I've really seen some miraculous 
uh, shifts and healing for people that, you know, same story. You're never going to walk again. You're never going to breathe again. You're never going to eat again. Like whatever you're going to, whatever you're doing, you're never going to do it again. You know? <clears throat> and I, well, those I are, those are dead. I mean, those are, those are words of, of death. Those are death words. I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been working with cancer patients for over a decade. And when they're given what I call a fake expiration date, which is the prognosis, you have six months left to live. If you, I was just talking to Bill Bevins yes, yesterday, day before, he's going to be coming out on our podcast. He was told, you know, stage four <clears throat> colon cancer metastasized to the liver, lymph nodes. You know, if you do nothing, you'll be dead in six months. If you do what we recommend, surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, you have less than a 20% chance to make it to five years. That's what they told him. This is what most people mm. hear in that case, right? Oh, it's yeah. like, sure. these, are, these are death. It's a death sentence that you're given. Right. Well, here I am interviewing him 22 years later, and he mm -hmm. chose a very unconventional path towards his healing. So anyone who wants to hear that incredible story, go listen to the whole thing because it is truly, truly incredible. Um, it's on this podcast as well. But to your point, you know, conventional medicine has a purpose. If I get in a car crash, break my That's spine, like get stabbed, get a limb cut off or some, you know, some acute situation, like get me into the hospital as quick as possible. But if it's cancer, diabetes, heart disease, chronic inflammation, neurodegenerative disease, any of these things like the honest God truth is conventional medicine is my absolute last approach. Now you have a 10 centimeter tumor blocking your colon and you can't get feces out of your body and you're at risk of dying from that. Hey, I would probably get that surgically removed as quickly as possible, right? Like that would probably be a good idea. Um, certain situations like that. But when it comes to chronic health conditions, which are primarily diet and lifestyle related, as we know, you know, I truly believe and my research has led in the last 17 years to um, live a very holistic life and choose a very holistic and natural approach because these are what I consider diseases where we are out of alignment with nature and out of alignment with our, with our innate natural healing capabilities. So why would I go to some man-made, chemically-derived drugs that have massive side effects to, to try and put a Band-Aid on something that has been caused by diet and lifestyle? Why don't I just clean up diet and lifestyle? Well, that's challenging, and it's hard, and it takes work, and it takes time, and it takes education. And, you know, we're kind of conditioned now that we want this blue magic pill to solve everything for us at the expense of whatever other crazy side effects that it brings, right? Um, so <clears throat> all that to say, I want to go back to uh, my shoulder because it leads me into, it leads us in the conversation of talking to you about red light therapy and infrared because I, I used one of your products to help heal my shoulder. And so okay. this is what's really fascinating. Um, at least I believe and the science I've seen so far that it, it definitely contributed to healing my shoulder. So I'm just, I'm looking at my MRIs. I got two MRIs three months apart. So mm -hmm. basically skiing accident a couple of years back, fell on my shoulder. Um, I think that's when all the major damage happened because I remember for like a period of maybe a couple of weeks or so, like I couldn't move my shoulder. I couldn't sleep. I, I just had so much pain. 
back then I didn't get an MRI. I didn't really get it checked out. I didn't really, I was just like, Oh, it's just a little injury. It'll heal. I'll give it some time, take some herbs, do some, you know, some natural healing stuff. It'll heal on its own. And I think what happened is I didn't do enough like physical therapy. I didn't. And I got back into like training um, and where these, ten, you know, tendons can take months to heal. And sometimes they don't get as much blood flow as other areas of the body. So they, you know, can have a hard time, harder time healing, for example. And I got back into like weightlifting and, and CrossFit and training probably too soon, didn't let them heal and had been training through, you know, these tears for probably two and a half years and not even realizing it. Because very when common, it finally, very common, very common, by the way, is it? Yeah. So I think that's what happened. And by the time, you know, like I started feeling the pain, it was like something kind of went over the edge, right? One of the tears got bigger or something new happened or whatever. So, you know, the first MR, so I went in, so doing PT for a few weeks, pain is significantly reduced, almost, I mean, almost gone, actually. A lot of the pain, not all of it, but a lot of the, a lot of that acute pain was gone. I, I was able to actually do quite a bit more with it. I went in to get an MRI just to see. I was like, you know what? I wonder if I got a little tear in there and be a little mindful with this, find out what's going on. And I'm sitting there getting ready to jump into a CrossFit class and I get my MRI result back. And like that one was like a really shit, whole, uh, shoulder heavy workout. It was going to be like a bunch of pull-ups and push-ups and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, I really want this result back before I jump into this class. I'm like bugging the doctor every day. Back to your point earlier too, had this happened 15 years ago and I went in and a surgeon said, Hey, we got to operate da, da, da. Like I probably would have followed down that path and then ended up like my father, like many other people that I know who get rushed into surgery, who end up having a second surgery, a third surgery, a fourth surgery and chronic shoulder problems the rest of their life. Right. I've seen it yep. so more often than not when it's joint surgery. So one, I'm really glad it didn't happen then. It happened now where I actually, I went to my chiropractor. I said, Hey, can you write me a prescription for a MRI? I want to see what's going on with my shoulder. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He wrote me a prescription. I went into an MRI place, got my own MRI, got my own results back and dealt with it myself instead of having a surgeon or somebody else, you know, do it and tell me, yeah, we got to do surgery because that'd be the first thing they'd say with this. <laughs> So anyway, let me read this real quick because um, this is really fascinating. Let me find the first one. So that was, this was 1013. Okay, so this was the first one. So intermediate grade partial thickness articular surface tear. So intermediate grade tear on the supraspinatus tendon. So intermediate grade tendon tear, which is, you know, a, a pretty serious, it's not separated, but intermediate grade is, is not a low grade. Then a separate low grade bursal surface tear on the supraspinatus. Then a low grade longitudinal tear on the infraspinatus tendon. And then a tear on the inferior portion of glenoid, glenoid labrum. The labrum, labral tears are actually very common in athletes. Um, and then long head bicep tensinovitis, which is basically like tendonitis. And then trace subacromial subdeltoid bursitis. So I got this on my phone as I'm about to jump into a class. I'm like, okay, not I today. Think I'm gonna wait. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think I'm gonna wait. 
I did my back squats because, uh, you know, it didn't really bother take my shoulder to do any of that. But then I was like, all right, I got like four tears and tendonitis and tensinovitis and bursitis. And I was like, all right, I got to really, really understand this better. So I met, met with my PT, showed him all this. What was really cool was we got on PT, like I said, right away. I've been doing infrared sauna. I've been doing ice baths, a lot of nutrition and herbs and natural anti-inflammatories, working on good sleep, you know, seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Um, I eat a primarily organic whole food plant-based diet. So a lot of lower inflammation foods. Um, so a lot of things I've been doing, but in addition, I started adding in your, you have a red light therapy with infrared um, pad, right? Mm -hmm. Healing pad. What is that called again? Um, we call it a trilight. The trilight. So I start, I just, it was perfect. So I just wrap it around my shoulder at night, just turn it on. And like, I started with just like the 20 minute session as I lay there and read at night and then I take it off. And then later on, I just started like turning it on and leaving it on all night while I was sleeping. You may Smart. have some, you may say that's good or not good, but you can let totally, me know. Totally good. <laughs> but in not just your story is so interesting to me because your decisions are in your intuitive decisions like your your intellect um really took you to the right places you know mm. and that's interesting to me anyway and what you're describing by the way nathan is very common because you know we're programmed probably in gym class no pain no gain and right and certainly if you're lifting and you're an active um body sculptor and doing all the crossfitting and so forth you you're accustomed to, you know, to working with pain and discomfort. It's part of the package. Yeah. Um, we have a little different approach because we, we're trying to teach people to listen to what that inner doctor inner self tells you when you've had enough and, and then, you know, respond appropriately. Um, so, so there is kind of middle ground. Yeah. Uh, in order for you to gain any, make any gains, you do actually have to push yourself to the envelope. Yeah. And sometimes you go a little bit too far and that's when you pay a little price. Um, but, but if you're in it long enough, then you realize that you, you know, that you understand how to moderate and also the rest that may take if you do push a little further so that you do recover. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the, what you described that trilight is, is really actually a very interesting technology that I, that I develop. Uh, and it's unique because, um, it uses light emitting diodes, LEDs, but historically in the LED industry, there's, it's, they are called monochromatic, meaning a single diode with a single um, frequency. And I looked at the physics and I said, why is that? You know, like, is that an industry norm? Is there, you know, and it, that's what it turned out to be. It's like one guy somewhere decided to make it like one bulb because he's in the bulb business, you know? And so he wanted to make a lot of different and so um, that's what he did. And what I decided was, no, um, let's cherry pick three very unique frequencies and build it into one diode. And so then when I power that diode, um, I'm actually delivering three times the amount of photon energy, light energy to the area that you want to heal. Um, and so it's really been quite amazing, the results that we're seeing uh, from that simple application. Uh, and you, you know, from pain and acute injuries all the way to now we're doing TBI studies with a pretty famous neurosurgeon in Tyler, Texas, 
has a contract with the NFL. And generally, when a player has a concussion, they need to get a third party um, approval, in a sense, a doctor outside of the management team in order to get allow the player to get back on the field. And that generally takes about six weeks. We're getting people, we're getting players back on the field in two in two weeks using wow. the same. Well, think about that in terms of their career, right? It, you know, so anyway, um, yeah, it's. And what are you doing for them? What are you doing for those players that are injured? And what kind of injuries are you seeing? And what's what are you seeing? Well, the, what the results? With? Well, yeah, everything like what you described, which could be um, joint or muscle related traumas or challenges there to like concussions and, um, you know, cervical compression. And there, of course, you know, there is a there is a relationship between your structural part of your body and your and your um, muscular part and so what you know I guess I'll, I'll just personalize this I used to run run track in high school I was like a three-letter guy but you know kind of like b plus not, never really like <laughs> you know, never really took trophies home per se but I was very active and I pulled my groin muscle um, and I remember being off the track for like you know, three to four months but they didn't have physical therapy then and so I just sort of limped a little bit, you know, took the pressure off of one leg while my right groin was, was, was healing. And then um, didn't do PT 25, 30 years fast forward. I started to notice that um, my heel, the heels on my right shoe, dress shoes were healing, were wearing unevenly with my left shoe. And so what happened basically by me shifting my weight to the left side while my right side healed, my right leg actually atrophied, the muscles atrophied a little, and my left leg got a little stronger carrying that weight, which shifted my gait, which basically um, fast forward now, uh, I don't really suffer from lower back pain or compression, but I'm a little older guy. So gravity takes this you know, toll on you and age takes its toll on you a little bit. But for the most part, um, I could be a candidate or one of those people that actually has a back injury. You start looking for the causation and I would never have brought that back 40 years ago to a, a high school track challenge, but it's really important for people tuning in today. Like you have your structural system and your muscular system and they're coordinated. And so when you have an injury, it's really important that you coordinate both of those because what happens is that, you, as your muscles shift to kind of address the new you, they, they also address the change in your spine or the change in your structural system. So now you go and you go to your chiropractor, right? And you get an adjustment and it works for a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and then you have another episode again. Well, why is that? Because at the very same time that you address your structural shift, with, which is what the chiropractor would do, you have to also address the muscular change or at least work on the muscular system so that you're balanced in that way. And so, because eventually your muscular system will pull your structural system back out because of that imbalance in the way your anatomy or your muscles are set up. You're basically talking about like in, if, if anyone does mobility work or mobility training, right? Like there's some, some basic principles uh, that I've learned that I follow, which is like, I, I may take a lacrosse ball and do like my chest might be really tight. Right. So some myofascial release on the tissues and try and loosen up, you know, the anterior deltoid and, and 
pec minor and pec major and kind of loosen this up. So I might loosen the tissues, but if I leave it at that, it's, you know, just going to tighten back up. So then from there, you know, then I may do some stretching and there's PNF, there's all kinds of other stretching and maybe even Qigong, which is fantastic. Right. And so stretch it and open it up and then strengthen the uh, muscles that are going to help open that up as well, which is not the chest muscles because that's going to close it. Right. It's the opposite muscles, which helps open up the chest, which is your upper back muscles, your scapular muscles, you know, everything in the back. So you're going to actually open up with some stretches like like I do some um, banded work, right, where I'm pulling a band stretching the chest and then strengthening the muscles behind. So it opens all of this up. Is that kind of what you're talking about when you're talking about yeah, just yeah, yeah. skeletal and muscular at the same time? Right. Sure. Of course, the stretching is always important, but you have to look at the muscular system that's supporting the, your structural system, right? And that alignment. And so um, that has to be as has to be addressed and balanced as well. And so I think, you know, it's not with all chiropractors, but many of the many of the chiropractors know that they know if they don't send you to a PT, they're basically building in an annuity because at some point you're going to be back with the same challenge again. Why? Mm-hmm. Because your muscular system has already adjusted to the new you, particularly if it's a chronic, a chronic, um, you know, challenge that you had from the original acute injury. And so, you know, it does need to, both those systems need to be coordinated in order for you to truly heal. And we're not even addressing the emotional trauma related right. to any of this, but just on the musculoskeletal piece alone, that really has to have, has balance to it. Hey, I just want to take a quick second and thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you're enjoying it so far. As a special thank you for tuning in to this episode, I want to give you my number one Amazon best-selling book absolutely free. You can go download it right now at becomingcancerfree.com. If you want to learn evidence-based strategies for helping your body become a cancer-fighting machine for not only cancer reversal but cancer prevention, go grab a copy of the book. Again, I'm just giving it to you for free. You can go download it at becomingcancerfree.com. All right, let's get back to the show. No, it makes perfect sense. So, so after three months of that protocol I was doing, right, that I just explained, mm-hmm. and then using the, the tri-light uh, at night, um, I was mostly, mostly pain-free. And why three months? So, when I, so getting the MRI for me was actually really helpful. Some people, it may scare them away, and it like, may cause more emotional trauma. For me, it was like, okay, I know what's going on, and so I know I can figure out the path to heal this, period. That's how I set my mind. So that mindset's really important, right? It's like four tears and bursitis and tendonitis and all this stuff. It's like, oh my God, my athletic career is over. And I was like, nope, I will find the way. I will find the solutions. There are natural approaches to this. I will make it happen. That was just my mindset. And, and that's a practiced mindset. That's what I call a solution-oriented mindset. Let's find the solutions. Um, and that's why I you know, did that protocol together with the physical therapist and doing so seeing him once a week and then once every other week. But in addition, doing the physical therapy four or five days a week as well. Right. And the stretching and the mobility and and the strengthening, all that. And because the tendons, I did the research on like, well, how long does it take a tendon to to heal, especially in this case? And the average time frame that I found was about three months. And so I thought, all right, I'll give it a full three months. 
I'm not going to lift anything heavy overhead. I'm not going to do any like uh, kipping gymnastics types of things that puts massive strain on it, but I'm going to keep strengthening. I'm going to keep, you know, working. I'm going to keep building up in weight and things that are not painful or excessively painful. And so I was able to keep training and keep working out and keep exercising, getting stronger um, while avoiding things that were going to make it worse, gave it three months and then went in for, uh, again, I got a, actually a different doctor, functional medicine doctor, who was also doing something called, I did four sessions with her. I found some interesting research on this. So I tried it for four sessions. In addition, was uh, uh, acoustic wave, shock wave therapy is what it's called. Have yeah. you heard of that? We, uh, oh, I know it. Yes. It's fantastic. So, yeah, so shockwave therapy and saw some interesting research on tendons. I thought, all right, I'll give this a try. It was funny because I went in for my first session and they're like having me fill out a paperwork about um, uh, what is it called uh, when, a man, when a man has a hard time getting an erection? Remind me of the ED. ED. Uh, so they use it yeah. primarily for ED at that office. Yeah. And so they're having me sign papers for ED and all this stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, you guys know I'm here for my shoulder, right? And they're they're kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you, mean like, you, you, you didn't know that your shoulder's connected to your penis somehow, right? <laughs> Everything's connected, right? Everything's connected by energy. Suppose, so, so it's like, we're going to heal your shoulder, but we're going to give you the treatment in your penis. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, but that was really interesting. The shockwave therapy did four sessions of that. And, and then, so three months, and here's a report, just after three months, this is. So first one was October 13th, 2022. Second one was December 28th, 2022. So now we have supraspinatus tendinosis with partial thickness, low-grade articular-sided tearing with less than 10% of tendon thickness and mild bursal-sided fraying of its fibers. No high-grade or full-thickness rotator cuff tear or muscle atrophy. So this was huge, right? So we went from an intermediate-grade partial thickness tear and a separate low-grade partial thickness tear and a um, longitudinal tear down to basically one smaller, less than 10% of tendon thickness tear. And we had a little bit of bursal fraying instead of the bursal tear. Uh, and we had no high grade or full thickness rotator cuff tear or, or muscle atrophy, right? So this was like basically a huge, I showed this to my PT and he's like, oh my God, this is, he's like, I knew we were making progress, but like, this is, this is incredible. This is huge. Um, and basically went to, uh, I'd say 95 to 99% pain free. Um, the pain that I was having actually associated with it was 100% pain-free. So I ended up getting like another kind of pain, but it wasn't from that. It was like, uh, so this is interesting, talking about energy. As I started adding in more pull-ups and more gymnastics and things like that, I started getting this weird pain across the front of my shoulder. And we pinpointed it and found out it was actually coming from my lat. So my lat energetically or, or whatever was starting to kind of lock up and tighten up and pull on the front of my shoulder and cause this weird pain. Well, thankfully, literally just in the last few days, like that pain has basically subsided 
by nice. like ninety percent. Um, and and more recently is when I started using the the tri light all night long instead of just twenty minutes at a time. Um, right. So I, I mean, and then looking at the science of that, and we can talk about that in a little bit. I really think that was a big contributor in the healing. But um, yeah, so I mean, this is like overall. 80% plus improvement on some major tears in the shoulder that most likely in, you know, nine out of 10 cases, a, if you saw a surgeon, they would have operated, right? right. They would have said, we need to operate versus seeing a chiropractor and a PT and then having my own background experience in natural health for 17 years. It was like, that's not even, that's not even on my mind. Like I'd have to have a total separation with no chance of reconnecting before I'd even consider surgery. Um, mm -hmm. And then in that case, maybe surgery would be the right thing. But right. Um, so anyway, I wanted to share that because uh, I wanted to get into some of the science behind why you're seeing similar results like this with healing with, uh, infrared and so it's so so let's talk about the trilight for example it's it's three types of red light and it's also infrared so so talk about the science behind that and and what is actually what's the healing mechanism behind it well um before we leave uh and get onto uh your question i this is oftentimes what we talk to tell our patients um about how to manage chronic pain in general about 30% of Americans um, report that they have chronic pain. It's about 100 million plus, right? And 60% of those people have what's called breakthrough pain, which means that if it was a stereo dial it, and it went to 10, it would be a 9 or a 10. So the pain is so paramount that you basically can't function. You can't have a normal life. You can't sleep. There's no position that feels right. Um, you can't focus at work and certainly you can't sleep well. It's like a whole cascade of chronic challenges that comes from that pain. Um, the best, certainly the, the healing pads we make and the trilight that you're talking about is, is amazing. In, and it's actually something that we're cleared. We're, we're, um, our devices are considered class two medical with the FDA. So we're, we go through all that registration stuff and third-party testing and all that stuff that's involved. Or and we actually, as in just our, in our company, our standard is a little bit higher than FDA. But FDA is considered um, globally like one of the agencies that people respect. And um, and for the first fifteen years of our company's um, sort of business model, we took a um, medical model approach, meaning that I would get on stage and I would, um, I would teach um, practitioners how to use our technology, uh, how to integrate it into their practices to improve the efficacy of whatever they're doing. Uh, and then our idea was I would leverage our research and um, our device development with the practitioner because basically the patient seeks the practitioner and trusts them for whatever reason they got there. And then if we can show that practitioner how to use our devices to improve the efficacy of what they're doing. There's no conflict. The doctor gets what he wants. The patient heals faster. And the synergies of the, both of those kinds of approaches really um, expedites the healing process. And so, so, of course, when you have an acute tear, an acute injury, use the healing pad, use the trilight. But the real beauty of that device is to use it when you don't need it. That's when the true healing 
occurs. So when you talked about, well, you put it on you and you felt some, you felt some relief and then you shifted to using it overnight. So that was a big shift because now you're already, your body is already in the healing mode and your brain tries to assess the damage and tries to figure out, does it need to um, modify and create a new norm for Nathan or can it actually heal this somehow? And the first thing the body will do is it sends in um, a bunch of like, uh, not a, uh, actually a bunch of fluid. It's, it causes edema um, and it basically locks up that joint. So it's the way that the body sort of makes a soft cast. It makes that range of motion less. So um, basically then we it can assess, the brain can assess exactly if it can heal or if we have to shift and say, okay, Nathan, this is the new you, you're going to have to not necessarily live with the pain, but we're going to make an adjustment, um, you know, and your physiology to offset the challenge of your injury. And then over time you still heal. And so the biggest results that we see when people start using it, when they don't need it is that basically if let's say it's lower back pain, they, where they normally would have, um, some kind of episode every so often it would be severe in some cases they would be on their backs and they couldn't function now they may not have an episode for or the episodes become less frequent and when you do have one maybe it's not as as bad or as deep um and then eventually that kind of sort of fades away and so that's the beauty of what we've done is we're just basically harnessing sun energy uh, bringing it right into the body improving circulation oxygenation uh, that will are the, are the you know features that the body uses naturally heal, and so the brain actually you know it's fighting many battles right. You've got invaders of bacteria and viruses everywhere, so they got to deploy some amount of energy and some amount of healing properties there. And now you muddle it up by having some kind of structural or physical injury. And the brain's got to figure out, well, am I sending half the troops to fix the shoulder or like it's got to deploy it, right? And so <clears throat> what we've done is um, we kind of trick the brain a little bit, Nathan, because when you bring that healing pad to that area, it's actually bringing a different signal to the brain saying, hmm, this shoulder really needs something else going on. It, it, you know, it, it triggers a whole different response. So, so we actually... Um, derive or bring more healing energy just by using the healing pad alone besides what it does by harnessing sun energy and bringing it to that place to heal so the synergies of all these different things i just mentioned really makes a different you know lowers pain thresholds and uh, really expedites the healing process yeah it's fascinating um and so people can see the function of this too i'll share for those of you who can see i'll describe it if you're just listening but basically, I've got other videos somewhere, but I've just had this on my Instagram. This was, this you can see this January. So this is right after that follow-up MRI. Basically doing legless rope climb up a 20-foot rope, which, you know, initially I couldn't even barely hold up my weight with any body weight at all with both arms. Like just raising my arm above my head was so painful. But this was literally right after that third month. You can see legless rope climbs, which these are like actually very, very challenging to use all your body weight on just, you know, one arm over the other at a time. Um, so this was just showing you the function that was happening right after that three-month, three-and-a-half-month period. And then last night, actually, 
this was uh, a clean and jerk. Anybody who knows a movement, but this is 244 pounds, I think, into a jerk overhead, pain-free. That was absolutely Fantastic. pain-free, and I was so I was so ecstatic last night. I thought, and that's not my that's not my heaviest. I'm just starting to build up again. Um, that's like eighty percent, maybe. And to be able to jerk like that overhead, put you know almost two hundred fifty pounds overhead, and not have any pain when just a few months ago, like I couldn't put an empty barbell over my head without significant pain. You know that was uh, that's huge for me as an athlete. You know I I train as an athlete. I compete as an athlete. I love. Uh, being an athlete and um, let me see how to stop sharing my screen. And so, you know, losing function in an area of the body is pretty um, demoralizing for me, you know, cause it's like, I look forward to training. I look forward to being at the gym. I look forward to doing CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting and, and all these things. I love it. I, I just, I love everything about it. And so having that hindrance was like, all right, this is a serious issue is a setback, but what can I learn from this? And, and this is something serious. So I need to take it seriously. And I did, and I'm really glad I did. Um, and I'm glad I've, you know, actually I'm really glad that, uh, uh, I met you and you, um, so since we met last year, so this is to be totally honest, uh, we met last year at our holistic leadership council and you gave me that pad as a gift. So thank you for that. And it literally sat in a box for like almost the whole year, unfortunately. <laughs> like I pulled it out and I used it a couple of times. I was like, this is really cool. And then I put it away. I was like, I don't really need it. You know, that's, that's just how I, that's how I looked at it. And then, and then as I went through a shoulder thing and I went like a month or two and I was like, what else do I have that could heal? I'm like, I do anything I can natural to heal. Oh yeah. Robbie gave me this pad. Let me try it out. And I just started using it at night. And, uh, I'm, so I'm so grateful and so thankful that you gave me that. And, cool. um, I'm, I'm excited to like try out more of your products. I know you guys have like a Therapro, um, like an entire pad you can lay on that has like tens and PMF and infrared and everything. Right. I mean, you guys have so many cool things. I've been looking through your website. I'm like, all right, I want to buy that and that and that. It's like, I want to use all of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, let me ask you this. What, let's talk a little bit about your background. What, what led you to this path of basically designing these products and, and bringing, you know, creating this company where you're, uh, you've been doing this for how long now? 23 years. 23 years. Incredible. Yeah. What led you, what led you to it? Well, it really was And your company, about... so we should tell everybody, your company is Therasage, right? Therasage.com. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it really wasn't, I mean, well, we started and still a big demographic for us is the uh, infectious disease area. And it, it all got started with my oldest child, my daughter contracted Lyme disease. And uh, I have a healthcare background, physics, um, engineering, little business. And so um, I had the opportunity, uh, well, a backdrop about Lyme 25 years ago, it wasn't quite as advanced as it is now. We were living in South Florida, my family. My daughter was in her early teens. And we were lucky enough to be able to contract with the top Lyme literate doctor who was in Southampton, Long Island um, at you know, then. He's still considered the top, one of the top Lyme guys in the world. And, and um, 
And so again, back then we didn't have telemed and we didn't have, what we had was a doctor in New York, then corresponding doctors in Florida. And in a short amount of time, my daughter had a neurologist, a pain management doctor, a general GP, a Lyme literate doctor. Uh, and so um, in a short amount of time, I started to realize, Nathan, that the onus on with chronic disease isn't, you know, it's great that you see your doctor and you get guidance from them and protocols and so forth. But the onus of the healing really is on the patient in particular and their surrounding family members and their community around that. And so um, I, as a in the family member, having a medical background, I took on the responsibility of becoming my daughter's nurse, uh, essentially employing her medications and her pick lines and all the things that she needed based on what was accepted back then. Again, I, I'm a I'm an integrated functional guy. So the, we're talking allopathic um, antibiotics, cocktails of antibiotics. So I was so like against it, you know, but um, it was what was the most effective and generally accepted back then. And I had to go with what my wife wanted and my daughter accepted as far as her treatment plans. And so um, I started to take a look at her, the way she was expressing herself and she had high levels of um of um she had high levels of she had cognitive challenges um she had uh challenges with um pain uh and she had what i thought was um high levels of of inflammation and toxicity and when i impact or unpacked that combination i somehow i centered on toxicity and i started to research the the uh, best methods to detoxify in the non-invasive ways, um, well, the invasive ways were like dialysis and things like that, but the non-invasive ways were using chemicals, it could be pharmaceutical or natural chemicals to basically chelate and purge toxins, um, but then you still have the challenge of getting them out, right? But during that process, I discovered that there's actually sun uh, frequencies of sun energy that will mobilize all the toxins in your body. But again, 25 years ago, infrared frequencies and devices where it's in infancy and in the healthcare industry, it was basically just deployed by um, sports medicine doctors to get players to lower their pain and heal faster along with other methods, you know, to get them on the field. And so I said, okay, I'll take all that. And what I did was I organized a trip to go to Asia and I spent three months, um, visited 65 factories found two that I wanted to work with and just started developing devices to help my daughter because I felt that the, that the real healing, the real onus on the healing process, as much as we took the information from her team of doctors, then it was really on us as a family unit. And so the, all the doctors around us saw that she was having miraculous results from the devices that we were making, uh, that they asked for us to start making them for their practices. And that was really the genesis of our company. Uh, we didn't have any venture capital. We didn't have a big business plan. It's truly organic, divine, divinely driven. And uh, my wife and I still, um, you know, we own 100% of our company and we, we just, you know, are doing what we feel is uh, the right by people. And, and I guess this might seem corny, but we're like, we're about people over profit. We make a margin in our company, but a lot of our monies go back into research and making new 
products. We generally develop um, three new devices every year, except for this year. We're actually going to bring six new devices um, on this year, which is a lot for me. But, um, you know, it's, it's a calling. Uh, Nathan, I'm no longer in control of my TV set. I'm just a vessel right now. So my, I get downloads. I am very much connected to source and that information I manifest into real devices that we, that we all can use. What was the, what was the very first device you, you, uh, designed? Um, (laughs) it's going to make you laugh, but it was a, um, it was a computerized infrared massage bed Hmm. and so you lay on the bed and you have these jade rollers that go back and forth under your back and they do a segmental adjustment and like a chiropractic adjustment and they um so they realign your spine the whole belly of the bed was was uh, infrared frequencies so basically warm up your structural system and all of your connective tissues your soft fascia and tendons ligaments and so that that's generally what, like I mentioned earlier, it's that it's the muscular um, part of your system that changes your alignment uh, or vice versa. So you get on the bed and if you are warmed up with the infrared frequencies, now these areas like your tendons and, and soft uh, fascia and so forth, the, those connective tissues, when they're warmed up, they become more supple and that allows your structural system to relax, particularly if you're in trauma. Um, and then the uh, the bed would do all the work. It was uh, it was that sounds that sounds actually, awesome actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds um, great. It was probably one of the coolest devices that I made, but it didn't really make it here in the U.S. because um, except except well, I, I did have a relationship with Massage Envy uh, at one point, corporate, and what they wanted to do was uh, they felt that there's a certain population of people that are massageophobic. They don't like to be touched. It could be mm. religious religion uh, um, or colloquial um, impressions of massage uh, places. And so they wanted to get this n- non-attended massage device, which is what we made into their um, establishments. And so that they could accommodate that 10 or 20% of the people that were uncomfortable this way they can go in their own room private room hit a button get a treatment and what they felt was that people would transition to getting hands-on massages because they'd get comfortable with the establishment it's clean it's above board it wasn't the red light district like people often think massage parlors or massage places are about and and that was a very successful relationship for us but the the model in general wasn't really something that um, it was the beginning, and it was kind of funny. I had two other partners then, Nathan, and I bought both of them out. But we used to have our corporate meetings. The three of us would get on massage our massage beds in the showroom, and for thirty minutes we would just talk about business while we were getting treatments. Okay, and I thought to myself, you know, it was our it was actually our tagline. This is the best thirty minutes of my day because I'm just with myself i'm allowing um, my body to rest uh we were doing some business at the same time but it really was kind of a nice way to explore your inner self and thoughts because you hadn't you didn't have any of those normal encumbrances that we might have in our normal life so um that really was the beginning of us really unpacking what the power of infrared and um that led me to making our whole series of healing pads 
of which the trilite that you mentioned is really one of the most advanced um, uh, types of pads. The Therapro that you mentioned earlier in the show, I can't believe that you actually mentioned that because I, we announced that less than two weeks ago. And, and it was, it's, we sold out in a day. Oh, I never wow. expected that kind of response. Um, so now we're just kind of ramping up and we've done all of our, we've taken back a lot of the um, assembly here. We're doing it in the U S in our, in our um, warehouse in California. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, so we build on generally on demand, but I never expected that kind of response um, from this announcement. And now we're just sort of getting ramped up. So I think that's going to be really a big, a big addition to our, our group. And then, or at least our catalog. And then um, maybe a year and a half to two years after we started perfecting the healing pads, uh, we, we, um, I developed the infrared sauna. We, we were, um, we were making wooden saunas. Uh, again, remember, I'm in, I'm sort of not looking at optimal health, which is what you were talking about, your category. I'm looking more on the infectious disease side. And initially when we made uh, our, um, wooden saunas uh we would farm the wood in canada and then we would uh send it over to china we would have it tooled and then and have all the um specifications of of the electronics and then we would bring it in to the u.s what i didn't realize at the time was that it by the governments they mandate that these woods are sprayed with chemicals ddts so it prevents uh, any insects or bacteria from a foreign country into the country that the woods are going to. No, oh, it's terrible. And so I was super smart, Nathan, because I actually had my woods sprayed twice, once out of Canada to China, and then again from China to the U.S. Oh, geez. So here I am, I'm bringing them into the into the market, and I'm working with people that have infectious diseases, and they're looking to detox, not realizing that these woods were off-gassing um, these chemicals. And so we, we uh, quickly reoriented and shifted and so we found a factory in the u.s uh that where the woods are domiciled here we use natural aspen wood it's still very popular but we're actually number one in the world in our portable format and the reason why i developed the portable format was because when even though i have direct intentions nathan on what i'm what i'm when i'm building something or i'm developing a new device I'm a very active listener. And so when I made the, the wooden sauna, what I heard was, you know, I really need the sauna, but I live in Manhattan in a million dollar apartment, but it's 700 square feet. I can't, I don't have the planogram. I don't have the space to actually have that. Okay. So I need to come up with a design that's space saving. And then I heard, well, I live in Minnesota. I have all the space in the world, but I can't afford the wooden saunas, the good ones, because they're somewhere in the area of five to $6,000 for the nice ones, you know? And so, okay, I got to make something for around $1,000 and it has to be space saving. And so that's where I came up with the concept of the portable sauna as you see it today, which I probably advanced uh, more than 25 times from its inception in terms of integrations and different changes in it. But that's been a, been a, a great one for us because we're, we're really changing people's lives. And mostly it's a cultural thing. Because if you come outside the, the country, Nathan, and you go to like the Baltic states uh, countries or you go to the Ukraine, it's very common that people do sauna or, um, at basically every day. They right. have them in their homes or they go to community sweat, sweat houses. Um, Native Americans have sweat lodges, right? 
So sweating as a modality to, um, to pulling out toxins is very common and integrated both in religion and in cultural um, you know, aspects. And so now <clears throat> the whole attention to this has really dialed up mostly is probably a little bit COVID, meaning that people's awareness of looking for alternative solutions that you can do at home, <clears throat> as well as what's happening with the with chronic ailments, like the, the trends are so steep. Um, and it has a lot to do with our environment. So that whole epigenetic piece, the effects of the choices that we make and how that alters our genetics that's causing <coughs> high levels of toxicity, which toxicity and inflammation, they sort of travel together on the same highway. So if I can lower your toxicity, I can also lower your systemic inflammation and that gives you a fighting chance. Now, segueing into um, optimal health guys like you, about eight years ago, I decided to shift my um, interests into into talking and and uh, working with optimal health guys so <clears throat> excuse me hmm. and so you know how you know the whole law of attraction thing because i'm i know you've lived that probably practiced every day yeah so i just focused on bringing more of that kind of energy to me and and ever since then we've been um, very active in signing up a lot of the pro ball players as part of our, our, um, our, they're part of our client base. We don't really talk about the celebrity because we'd like to keep it private. And it's interesting about pro ball players. Half of them want to keep us a secret because we're the secret sauce and their success of why they're playing without injury and things like that. The other half want to share. So we don't generally um, talk about them being clients uh, unless they speak first. So um, I want to, and- uh, let's, let's pause that for one second, if you will, please. I want to, I want to go into health optimization here in a second. Um, but I do actually want to stay on, on chronic health, especially with detoxification before we get off that point, get too far down the road, because one majority of my audience is actually people dealing with a chronic health condition, uh, like cancer, or autoimmune disease, or diabetes or heart disease. So I want right. to serve them the best that we can. And two, because there's a lot of controversy around detox, uh, and I'd, I'd actually say misinformation around detoxification, especially with sauna and infrared. So right. I'll, I'll share something with you, uh, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. But if you, at least if I go to, I mean, I know Google changes things depending on where you live and different things like that. But if if I do a Google search, and I just type in infrared science detox, right? The first thing that pulled up for me was a website called sciencebasedmedicine.org. And, and by the way, this is not only the first thing, this is the first five or six listings saying that saunas and infrared do not help you detox. Here's mm-hmm. the Atlantic. Infrared saunas will not detoxify you. Uh, and if you click into this, it also... It goes into deep. Uh, they say these are false claims, etc. Um, there is one in the top three, actually from Mayo Clinic, which is a very short article that basically says um, sauna can can help with a heart failure and dementia, Alzheimer's disease, uh, etc. But we need more studies. That's basically it. it's a little short <laughs> article that's like, yeah, it, it it could help. The research is showing it could help, but it needs more studies. 
the rest of it on the first few, you know, posts of Google, um, primarily are dissuading people from the idea that saunas can help for detox. And, and let's face it, most people today, their research, if they say, oh, I researched something, they go to Google, they type in a few words, they look at the maybe one or two articles on the first page, and that's it. That's their research. Right? You and I both know that that's not research at all. You know, If I research something, it could be weeks or months or years before I finally come to what I consider to be a real conclusion on that. And I'm looking at lots of different scientific studies, lots of different websites, um, different case studies. I'm interviewing people. I'm interviewing doctors. Like when I do research, it's to try to really understand things at a deep level. It's not looking at one or two posts on Google. But I'm bringing this up so people understand why there is so much um, misinformation when it comes to things like natural health and holistic health. Because the first thing on, on Google with the title called Science-Based Medicine is an article that says detoxification or detox for short has become a standard justification for all sorts of treatments and are not based on solid scientific principles or evidence. As we often refer to it, the toxin gambit is a marketing technique for scaring the public about the menace of unspecified toxins, then offering treatment that will remove these vague and mysterious toxins. And they basically say any claim to detox is a red flag for quackery. All right. Wow. So th this is what the general public sees if they quote unquote research mm. infrared and saunas and detox. Right. Um, Amazing. So first, I, and, and we can go down this rabbit hole really deep in a, in a couple other things. Uh, I, I guess I'll just preface this with, I can go to PubMed right now, which is not a blog run by a few guys, which somehow this blog is the first page of Google. Um, but I can actually go to PubMed and find an immediate abstract that says saunas do enhance immobilization. Infrared saunas do enhance immobilization of heavy metals and chemical xenobiotics. And again, there's more research here we can dive into, and there are a lot of other sources we can go to. Green Med Info is a good one where we can actually find various studies on this. But let me hand it back to you, and I just want to hear your thoughts on, on this, what I just shared right now. Well, first off, I'm not surprised. I'm not big on conspiracy theories. But if you looked at some of the, um, some of the brands and the names uh, that were suggesting saunas or infrared saunas do not help you detoxify, there's some of the same groups that, you know, benefit by you being sick, you know, like, so, so it's subtle, but whenever I hear the stuff about quackery, it always makes me think about all the innovations in science, particularly in, in integrated functional, like we've been, we've been told that we've been quacks for 25 years. And now the allopathic mainstream approach, they're kind of running out of playing room on the field. And some of those doctors are actually starting to bring more uh, advanced integrated um, techniques into their own practices. So there is a dichotomy here. It's very polarized. And the question is, first off, you know, like 
who's in charge of your healthcare, Nathan? Is it the hospital and that doctor? Or ultimately, is it you and your family? That's the choice we made as the family to take it back to ourselves. What can we do to support our daughter's healthcare, period? And we had means because at some at some point, my daughter's uh, medications, travel, and doctor bills were in the tens of thousands every month. And so that's why the many of the people in the country are bankrupt because they can't pay. It's all because of their healthcare um, challenges or expenses. And so um, I think, you know, really when I look about, look at it and unpack it, it's really more a story about like that natural part, like what is in nature versus the sort of allopathic approach, which is the band-aid, big band-aid. Um, let's mask that pain. Uh, let's do some surgery or mask it until you need surgery. Okay. Rather than what can we do naturally uh, to allow the body to heal, you know, and again, like we both said earlier, and I couldn't agree with you more. If you were in a car accident, the best place to go is a hospital in the U S but when you're talking about chronic infectious disease, no. So, so I think that it's very easy for them to take space on these search engines to debunk the general public. But the nice part about it is the internet, it's like the curse, the blessing and the curse, right? So you can research it, but then you can research it. And then if you really care, and like, let's just take Lyme disease or cancer, or autoimmune or any of these major ones, when you're, when you're on your back and you've got some time on your hands, you, and it's your life and you're watching that, that ethereal um, sand coming through that hourglass, right? And your life is just dwindling away. You got a lot of time to think about what, what might be alternatives or different ways to try to help yourself heal. And so we've, it's, there's so much interesting to talk about, about just that comment. Um, we are guided by FDA. That means that they come into our website and they, we can't make medical claims and we don't. Um, but we did say at one point, um, you know, our infrared sauna will help you detoxify. Well, they came back and they said, you can't say that. Well, the WHO, World Health Organization, in less than a month prior, came out with a statement that said that sweating equals detoxification. Doesn't have to be an infrared sauna, could be a steam room or a hot rock sauna, you know, like a Swedish sauna. But sweating equals detox, yet the FDA says we can't say that your sauna or our sauna helps you detox, but yet you're in that sauna and you sweat. So what's what's going on? These are generally accepted, you know, major institutions, right? Again, I think it creates a um a very confusing message and not to say that they're trying to do that on purpose, but when, you know, you and I are pretty healthy, but when you're on your back with a chronic ailment, you're not thinking quite straight, straight. And, and you're hoping that the FDA and some of these guiding agencies will actually work in your benefit. But we are discovering that often them often or more than not, that they're all funded by, um, by the drug companies and, you know, all of those, different groups. So I don't want to get into all the politics around it. Um, but what I did decide was sure, we'll just take off the word detoxification on our website. You know why? Because I don't have to say it anymore. The power of the internet says it for me. 
And all I have to do is show the research that's involved in how the many different ways that sun energy will help you heal. And one clearly is to mobilize all the toxins in your body. Okay, so the vibration of sunlight and infrared frequencies, actually, when it comes into the body, it's called a bioresonance, it's a vibration, and it breaks the covalent bond between the toxicant and where it's stored. That's either your tissues, muscles, organs, stuff like that. And now you've got this cascading toxin that's going into your serum or your blood. That's a measurable event. You can't, you can't say before your blood toxic level was here, let's just say it's at number 10, and then you went in sauna and now it's a 20. And, they've, your blood. and they've done studies with this, specifically with an infrared sauna, and, oh, totally, and then measured totally. the blood before, during, yeah. after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually measured, they actually did a study where they measured a drop of sweat from the same guy that went in a hot rock sauna, a steam room, and an infrared sauna, and there was 85% more toxins in the drop of sweat from the infrared sauna. So that so that, that magically came from the air and entered into his sweat then, right? Yeah, somehow. Somehow. <laughs> now are but, these are some of these I is, know you have a ton of scientific studies on your website. Are any of the ones you're mentioning, are they on your website? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the heavy and, metals and sweat one, I see that one right now. Hey, I just want to pause a second and ask you, are you enjoying this episode so far? Are you getting good value from this content? If so, then I know you're going to absolutely love Healing Life. At HealingLife.net, you get exclusive and premier access to hundreds of the top world's doctors, experts, cancer conquerors, and survivors. Exclusive interviews that I have done with all these experts and doctors uh, that are not available for free online. They're only available at HealingLife.net. Net. So not only do you get access to all of those, but you actually get to speak with these doctors and experts and ask them any question you want about health and healing. And this is available exclusively to Healing Life members. You can try it out for free. Go to HealingLife.net and you can start your free trial there. And uh, whether you're interested in learning more about detox or cancer diet and nutrition and nutritional science about diabetes, about heart disease, autoimmune disease, anti-aging, longevity. All of these topics are covered in depth and more are continuing to be added at Healing Life. And again, you get to talk to these doctors yourself. So I invite you to set up a free trial at healinglife.net. And I hope to see you over there. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah. Is that the one yeah, you're talking and, about? Yeah, we can post man, many more. Um, we have a a, a, pre, a plethora of research that we've done yeah, over the years. Awesome. I like that you just made it easily accessible on your website for people. Yeah, and, and I think that's what is nice about like the freedoms or some liberties we have in our speech, or hopefully we'll still have. And so, so um, we just want to put it out there. We're not we're not scaring people into making choices. We're just offering the information <clears throat> and so that you can make an informed choice as to what is best for you. And so you said that that study, they found 85% more toxins in the sweat after being in sauna for how long? Infrared sauna. I think it was a half hour. 
Was this your sauna or just any infrared sauna? It was not done on my sauna. It was done on, on an infrared sauna. It now, was, does it matter if it's near infrared, far infrared, full spectrum? What does that? Have well, that's what we that? the approach. Yeah, the approach that we've taken is one that's sort of a page out of the playbook of nature. So the sun delivers full spectrum, all three wavelengths, and that's what we do. In fact, what I did was uh, the NASA actually publishes the the um, the amount of you know sun energy that hits the planet every day. So I took um, one year of information and I took the first and second standard deviation uh, of the way that sun delivers infrared to the planet. And that was the formula that we used on for the sort of our cocktail in initially in our Thera 360 plus, which is our top model, the portable. Then about four years ago, I, I, I used to teach for about 18 years at Hippocrates. It's a health institute in West Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in actually the room that I liked, the venue I liked. There was this big mural of Hippocrates on the back wall. And it started to bug me because it's sort of like one of his things is, you know, food is your medicine, right? But the food <clears throat> of Hippocrates Day 200 years ago isn't the food of today because of the change in our environment. Um, nor is our environment the same. And so the way that our body interprets our environment now, that's that epigenetic piece, is very different than it was 200 years ago. And so I chose to change the uh, alter our formula by developing those trilites that sit inside that Thera 360 Pro. Um, Because... I wanted to make it more modern. What we're seeing in clinic is that we have, you know, 15 year old women that are showing signs of sterility and guys under 20 that have low testosterone levels. That's not genetic, right? That's the effect of our environment. That's environmental. Yeah. And also, you know, we're, we're experiencing oxidative stress and, uh, and mitochondria um, depletion and, and stress. And, exce- and so, yeah, excessive stress, which leads to excessive amounts of cortisol, you know, being dumped in the blood system every single day, you know, lack of sleep, but, uh, totally throwing uh, hormones out of balance in men and women, right? I mean, we're right. seeing this in, and we're seeing a infertility in men like never before. Um, you know, there are some studies that actually show, you know, there was, this was one of those things that was told on the internet as, um, oh, that's, that's a conspiracy theory. That's quackery. If you keep your phone near in your pocket, near your testicles as a man, you know, it was, uh, it was claimed as basically quackery to say that it's going to reduce your sperm count and decrease your testosterone. But there are scientific studies actually backing that up now. And it happened for a while. It's just people didn't realize they existed. Well, you know, it's not just cell phones. Like you said, it's, you know, it's, it's plastics in the environment. It's xenoestrogens, which are overloading the body with excessive, you know, chemical, you know, human derived, man derived chemical uh, xenoestrogens that mimic estrogens that overload the body and, and make the hormonal system just completely out of whack. It's, it's crazy what's going on. Yeah. And so back to our initial concept, right? How do we take our healthcare back? What can we do to own our health challenges? And what kinds of solutions or what kinds of devices can you incorporate in your daily life that can make a big difference? And so that's been kind of a mantra. I mean, but 25 years ago when we got started on this journey, never expected it to be what it is today. 
uh, I never anticipated that um, we'd have the challenges with Bluetooth and wireless devices and the effects of the stressors of these exogenous frequencies on the body. <clears throat> Yet 17 years ago, just on a, on a, a sequence of dreams that I had, I just started developing shielding and blocking um, uh, EMF, electromagnetic fields. And then <clears throat> about three years ago, I developed a way to create holograms that have imprints of frequencies. So now I do uh, harmonization, what it's called. So we shield, block, and we harmonize. So we're creating a field that's stronger than these exogenous fields so that the, the integrity of the body field is kept in place which again supports your natural immune system and gets us to be back to, you know, the way nature intended us to be. Mm -hmm. So, so again, I mean, my approach, I want to say that it's original, but I study nature and I study ancient cultures and I, and I'm a, and I look to see the shifts that are occurring and I look for the areas of technology. I mean, my basis is energy medicine. So um, harnessing full full spectrum infrared is my thing. There are people that will Google, they're going to see a big rage between near infrared and far infrared. I think they both benefit. It's like, it's the way I feel about nature. There's, uh, there's a very, there's a really important balance. Uh, but in today's world, <clears throat> you're looking for that magic pill or people like to reduction. There's like reductionism or compartmentalizing and say, hmm, I'm a near infrared guy and it does all these things. Well, my feeling is, is that, that you need all of these frequencies for you to be in balance. And so we try to deliver it the same way that, that nature gives it to us. Although I did alter it just a little bit to sort of be more modern with the way that people are expressing themselves from an epigenetic point of view. And that's where the invention of the trilight system came in. Now, can you talk just a little bit about the difference between the red light therapy itself and then the infrared? So the difference between red lights and, and infrared frequencies. All right. Well, there is, you know, a cascade of different wavelengths of, of, sunlight or light the, what everybody looks at now is the light like that's the rainbow you know um rgbiv right and so that's what we see how i can why i see you right now on the other side of the of the country not really we're both in the same state right um uh, yeah you're in florida it, right now aren't you yeah 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 so so um but we're not in the same place exactly yeah. but why i can see you is because we're both resonating or our eyes are able to tune into the natural light the the kind of light frequency we're talking about now is invisible to our eye that wavelength is outside of our our light our our visibility or at least what the retina can pick up the infrared you're talking about yeah yeah same for UV. So the way it looks like when sun delivers um, these electromagnetic fields to the planet, it starts with gamma rays, um, x-rays, then UV frequencies, which are the, um, they're kind of the nurturing frequencies. They'll change your pH in your body and they, the natural production of vitamin D, super important. And then there's natural light, which is what we see each other. So that's a visible spectrum. And then there's the infrared spectrum after that, again, invisible. So we have, we have, the, the, um, we have the UV that's nurturing. And then we have IR, infrared, that's actually healing. 
So you can overexpose to UV. That's when you get a suntan. That's why everybody's, you know, like the, all these agencies, particularly in Florida, you can't go out in the sun. You're going to get cancer, you know, skin cancer, all this stuff. Actually, our studies in, in clinic and lab are just the opposite. Uh, many of these frequencies of, uh, of sunlight, they, yes, it's true. There are UV frequencies when you get overexposed will alter your DNA and RNA. But just like the balance of nature, if you overexpose to UV, it gets corrected by being in infrared frequencies. And that's how it works every day. So if we date back to our ancestors, right? We lived in land on the caves and tents. We were at forest. We were out hunting all day. We got way overexposed to UV frequencies, right? But <clears throat> we were also out in the sun long enough to get healed by the infrared spectrum. Where in today's modern world, we're out on the beach, we get nice and tan and overexposed to the UV frequencies, but we don't hang out long enough to actually get healed by the IR wavelengths. And that's unfortunate. But what we've done as a company is harness these healing powers of full spectrum infrared and just made it available in devices, on body devices like the healing pads that we talked about earlier in the sauna. That's a full body experience. Again, giving you the ability each of us the ability at a at an incredibly affordable rate or price to bring these healing properties of, of nature into our into our home we can integrate it into our lifestyles every day like you don't have to be out in the sun at the right time of day uh, in order for you to get it you cannot do it in your own home whenever in the convenience of your lifestyle and schedule so the infrared, obviously the invisible spectrum, the healing spectrum, the IR that you're talking about, and the red light uh, is is the vi- so that's obviously visible. It, yeah, uh, red light is the is the wavelength that's right before um, infrared. That's why the near frequencies of infrared. That's why they're so. So is red light related. considered a UV? It's not a UV then. No. It's, what is it? Considered? No. So it goes UV, then it goes natural light, like the rainbow. Then you've got purple, blue, green, and red. These are all wavelengths. So it's almost like, imagine it being a radio station. 105 is country rock and 107 is R&B. So each of these different, every time you turn that radio station, every time you tune into a different wavelength of sun energy, it's going to have a different healing uh, aspect to the body. And if you isolate one or the other, yeah, you can get a benefit, but you're not getting that holistic approach the way nature intended us um, to, to get. And so, and, and we know that like, if you had the blue light in there, which is, you know, if you look at your lights at night in most people's houses, it looks very white, right? A lot of that, what we see is actually the blue light spectrum. That's actually, you know, activating, uh, cortisol in your, in your body, in your brain to say, Hey, the sun's out. It's time to stay awake. Right. And so if we, if we have that blue light spectrum at night, um, it, it's hard for our bodies to self-regulate and start producing melatonin to go to sleep. We're constantly exposed to those bright lights from from overhead lights and computer lights and phone lights and all that. Versus we do know that if it's red light or blue light blocking, which can also be orange or red, it doesn't have that effect on the uh, stimulation of, of cortisol. Right, so yeah, that's... I'm really, I'm really glad you brought that up. There's a little gland about the size of a of a walnut that sits in the center of your brain called the pineal gland, 
And um, it does regulate serotonin and melatonin production, and it is light activated. So in other words, when you're sleeping at night, there is a connection between your um, ocular nerve and this pineal gland. And when the sun rises in the morning, it's the, the um, pineal gland through your, through your, um, your eye or, you know, your ocular nerve uh, will actually um, sense or the pineal gland will sense the sun rising. And then what it does is it turns off the production of melatonin and starts the production of serotonin, which is your energy um, hormone. And so using, like you mentioned earlier, like a hand, like a PDA or being like before bed, getting uh, exposed to the blue light is going to activate this pineal gland and makes it think that it's sunrise when you're actually trying to go to bed. And so it's really not the best, you know, to actually use those kind of devices, actually turn off all those devices here about an hour or so before bed. It's a good, good practice. Yeah. So I guess that, that leads me to my question around, is there, so in that case, I don't see why there would be an issue using the red light therapy and the infrared therapy at night, right? Uh, at least right. not, not in disrupting sleep, I would imagine. But um, are there other concerns about using, using, being exposed to that, uh, those spectrums, those frequencies of light for too long of periods of times for, I mean, is it going to, because again, talking about nature, the sun is up for roughly 12 hours a day and the sun is down for roughly 12 hours a day. It depends where you live, etc. But let's just say if it were perfect, 12 and 12. So we're, we're designed not to be exposed to those light, those light frequencies for, you know, roughly 12 hours a day. Um, so is there a concern that there's an imbalance created by, you know, if we're using, exposing our, overexposing ourselves to these uh, light frequencies for excessive amounts of time? Um, That's a great question. Taking actually. ourselves out of balance with nature. Yeah. Um, well, there's a little piece here that talks, speaks to the circadian rhythm, your bio clock. So that's an important little piece. But um, all of my research takes me to the place where you can't really overexpose yourself to infrared because there's a process in the body uh, that's called homeostasis. It's sort of the way that we create balance or the brain creates balance. And so... Um, what it does is it it just um, we have all these inputs and stressors, and then the brain tries to analyze all of them. And then when the when the information comes out the other side of the tunnel, you're somewhat stable, pretty much. My biggest challenge, frankly, when I teach and when I try to employ uh, some of our different protocols with our devices is particularly in the chronic ailment area, like people are just so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm sure you can experience this in your journeys as well. Um, I have to tell them to slow down. Like you, it may have taken you 20 years to get toxic with the Lyme pathogen in your body. You're not going to just become untoxic in a day or so, you know? And so I kind of fashion it like climbing a mountain, right? You know, one step at a time, right? Now, when you're coming down the mountain, if it's not, it should be done in a healthy way, one step at a time. It's hard to fall when you're climbing a mountain. It's really easy to fall coming down if you just take two big giant steps, right? So, um, 
So that's always been sort of a challenge for me, particularly with chronic Lyme patients. I, I find myself oftentimes just telling them, slow down, let's have a real, realistic expectation and understand that you didn't get toxic and become symptomatic overnight. This happened over a period of time and that we would just take it slow coming down and, and see and understand how the body is actually uh, interpreting the, the changes. And so one part of the discussion is about the sauna and what these frequencies will do to the body. The other part is marrying some modern supplements like um, binders, biobinders. Bio so now we mobilize the toxin and you take a binder that's like a sponge and it basically gobbles up these toxicants and helps the body get them out. And so it's not just good enough to just be able to mobilize. Yes, you'll sweat some out, but... The, generally, like the heavy metals and the biofilms, the silt, I call it, like nanotoxins, the my, mycotoxins from moles, stuff like that. <clears throat> there, you mobilize them, but almost like those uh, paperweights, I forget what they call them, when you shake them up and it starts snowing and then they settle back down, right? Like a snow well, globe. Snow globe. Yeah. Snow, exactly. Just, I knew there was a name for that. <laughs> I have to remember that. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I grew up so, in Montana, so I, you know, so snow, you know those snow globes are pretty common. Big, anyway. big thing, right? Okay. Uh, anyway, so right. So what we were trying to do in our own approaches was create a device that will certainly benefit your body in helping you mobilize the toxin, and then create the proper uh, synergies of the proper kind of binder that will marry up with your your journey or whatever you're going for. Uh, to actually mobilize them and get them out, lower the burden on your organs, like filtering organs. What are your What are your favorite fingers. What are your favorite binders? Um, well, there's two classes. There's the macro binder, which is generally your bentonite clays or your activated charcoals, yep. and then there is the uh, nano binder or the small sponge, so like to speak. the zeolite, for example. Right, it's a silica derivative called zeolite. And so that will grab the heavy metals and you have to be like the generally most of the, the macro binders, like the clays and the, and the charcoals are good. There are some better brands. Um, we, we advocate for a company called Cellcor, which is the, the practitioner brand. Um, Microbe formulas are the, is their public brand. But um, just recently we've done a collaboration with Dr. Cabral and he just announced a, uh, a binder that we've been testing, and it's it's really amazing. It's amazing, and so we're gonna we're gonna shift towards the Dr. Cabral's um, ultimate binder. He calls it for the macro approach or the big sponge, so to speak. And then uh, we have um, we have a, there's a zeolite that again Cellcor makes three or four different choices of zeolites which is great. One's for heavy metals uh, and environmental toxins. One's for radiation. Another one they make is um, from, for mycotoxins called carboxy, which is by far the most powerful binder I've ever, I've ever tasted or, mm. or used. Um, and then there's one that's made by a company called Roots that's called um, Clean Slate. And these are all choices. They work great. And frankly, uh, I, you know, I don't really advocate to do anything, Nathan, for the rest of my life, like just, you know, in the allopathic approach, right? You have your hypertensive, they say, well, here you have to take blood pressure medication and you're going to be on this for the rest of your life, you know? Like, give me a break. It's like yourself, I'll do anything. Um, the only thing I want to 
be on for the rest of my life is basically my my love affair I'm having with my wife. <laughs> so aside from that, uh, the only thing I want to say is that they're in today's world, I think the least expensive way for you to maintain optimal health is by incorporating a binder in your daily routine every day. And it's not just these supplements you can do it through foods like the superfoods like spirulina and chlorella and, and cilantro, um, cilantro, cilantro. Don't realize cilantro is actually a great binder yeah, as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, let me see. Blue uh, green the thing algae. you want to be mindful of though, is like char- at least the reason, you know, I've taken activated charcoal off and on for probably 15 years and, and just as a binder, you know, from time to time, if I'm doing a cleanse or, you know, juice cleanse or water cleanse or something like that, it's great to, you know, be on a binder during that time. As you said, you're, you know, you're often, if you go into a cleanse or a fast, you're often releasing large amounts or you start doing sauna every day, for example, right? You're, you're activating and releasing these large amounts of heavy metals and chemicals and toxins that, are, that have been often stored in fat tissues, for example, into your bloodstream, which can actually make you sick. So being on a binder can be a great idea. And um, I prefer natural binders, of course, like the ones we're talking about. The one thing about being on something like activated charcoal every day forever is, is not necessarily a great idea. I don't think, um, you know, you can actually start to get clogged up on too much charcoal. Same with bentonite clay. I think, you know, you, you, there might, maybe you have a different viewpoint on that, but I think those kinds of binders, I, I prefer to use more occasionally versus like every day. Now zeolite, I have a spray from touchstone essentials that I really like the, the background that I've done on the company and the purity of the product and the heavy, medi, heavy, some of these things you have to make sure that there are no heavy metals already attached to the zeolite, for example, um, or some of these clays that uh, have a lot of heavy metals already attached to them because they bind heavy metals. So you can actually be putting more heavy metals into your body. Um, so, you know, the, the research that I've done on that company, I really like their spray, but I, that's something, you know, four little sprays taste like water. Um, I don't mind taking every day, but I mean, what are your thoughts on taking something like charcoal or bentonite clay or something like that on a daily basis? You think it's better to cycle on and off? Well, certainly, um, certainly one of the potential side effects would be, um, constipation or getting stuck a little bit. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, Back to detoxification in general, before we'll treat a patient, we want to make sure that their detox pathways are opened up. Are they sweating? Do they poop regularly? Do they move around? And is their lymphatic system active? So otherwise, what we're doing is we're stirring up the pond by being in the sauna, and then the body has no real natural way to get it out, right? So let's say we clear that part of it. Um, I do think that having a binder every day is important in today's environment, particularly an active guy like you. There are many ways to mobilize toxins besides infrared sauna. Basically, any kind of activity will mobilize a toxin. And so, what I I I don't I don't spend a lot of time in the gym, but I do cycle. I try to I try to ride about almost ten miles a day. And so, and so when I get up at four thirty, I'll do a binder before my sauna because when I'm mobilizing the toxin, I want to have a binder present in my blood to be able to pull those toxins, bind them up so that it takes some of the um, sort of the heavy lifting off of my mm. my filtering organs. What do you take? I, what do you take in the morning? 
Well, I take a cell core binder called biotoxin, but okay. now I'm replacing that with Cabral's, Dr. Cabral's, the ultimate binder, because I'm finding that it really, really works great. And then, and generally, I would recommend a binder twice a day, once before, if you do sauna in the morning, once before your sauna, for the reason I just expressed, and then once again before bedtime, because um, generally between the hours of 12 and 4 in the morning, your brain shrinks a little bit, and it's flushed with spinal fluid. So there's a whole detox process that's happening while you're sleeping. And so I would take a binder before bed, again, to gather that. Now, in the beginning... And that could be depending on how the patient might be expressing themselves. We'll start off slow. It'll be maybe one tab in the morning and one at night. And then we'd advance maybe after the first couple of three weeks, if they're not getting stuck, um, then we would go to two tabs morning and night. Now, what I practice is I actually take a binder, again, a microdose binder before I go do my activity. And so, so for you, you know when you're going to go to the gym and people listening today, they know when they're going for Pilates or even getting a massage. Like how often have you had a massage and you got off the table and you felt a little bit like nauseous or lightheaded? That's a detox response because they're mobilizing toxins when they're, when they're moving your muscles around and adjusting you. So anytime you mobilize a toxin, I think it's important to have a binder present. So it makes it easy yeah. for your body to eliminate. Yeah, I'm just talking about this. I'm just thinking about the world we're living in today, Nathan. If we went back 50 years ago, we wouldn't have had this discussion. But in today's world, particularly in in an urban environment where the carbon footprint is so high. And and then I wanted to make a comment earlier to you about your shoulder. I'm doing some research with one of the top Lyme doctors in Wisconsin. He's treated successfully 30,000 patients, which is off the chart. Mm. And what he's seeing now in his clinic is that he's getting a lot of kids that are coming in with torn ACLs and ligaments and, you know, just normal kids and from gym class and playing high school sports. And, and that raised his curiosity. And he's been able to correlate the amount of glyphosate that's in our environment now, the water, uh, food sources and air that we're breathing. And what glyphosate does, um, it actually biochemically it alters the um, the collagen in your body, which is about 65 to 70% of your body is collagen. That's creating that elasticity in your right. soft tissues and joints and so forth. And so now it's making it rigid. And now you've got these young kids that are, that are experiencing, you know, fairly serious injuries, joint injuries. They probably should never have had that, you know, their whole life. Again, epigenetics is the world we're living in. And so... That's why detoxing is such an important thing to think about doing every single day uh, and taking <clears throat> using binders, I think, is important to help once you're mobilizing to help getting get these poisons out. Yeah, I guess there is another binder that I take every day, too, which is like <coughs> like a humic fulvic um, yeah. binder. So that is something that's good. I guess I was just thinking more like a bentonite clay or an activated charcoal. I tend to like cycle on and off those if I'm doing like yeah. a big cleanse, but like a daily thing. Yeah, I take a humic, a fulvic, um, and then zeolite. So those kind of natural binders. And then herbs in my smoothies. I'll put, you know, different kinds of uh, natural binding herbs as well. I think we can, like you said, it's like our our current lifestyle. It's people want fast food that's, you know, incredibly hyper palatable, highly addictive, tastes like sugar, you know, so much sugar and salt and oil that like you just, you want more and more of it. And there's no nutrition there. There's no... 
vitamins there. There's no minerals, amino acids, phytonutrients. The binders aren't there, but it's certainly full of toxins, right? So, oh, yeah. Or certain chemicals that have been used to make that food. And no wonder our chronic disease proliferation is through the roof. No wonder these young kids are getting, you know, more injuries than ever before. It's like you're not getting, you know, our body needs essential vitamins and, and nutrients to make collagen. And if you sure. don't have those vitamins and nutrients every day, your body's going to have a really hard time making collagen. And so, yeah. you know, that in, in addition to the toxic burden overload, in addition to the stress, in addition to poor sleep and excess lights and chemicals and all that. So we live in the society, those of us who choose to live in it. You could go be a monk in the mountains somewhere, and you're still going to be exposed to some glyphosate, unfortunately. They found in most remote areas of rainforest, they're still finding glyphosate uh, in the rainwater. So that's also really sad. I mean, one way to combat that is buy organic and don't support any, you know, conventional, um, food that is grown with pesticides and chemicals. That's what we've been doing in my family for about 15 years now. And so, you know, it's just a way of life. We buy probably 95% plus organic because we don't want to support chemicals in our food system and in our water and in our bodies, <laughs> certainly not for myself or my children or my family. Um, so you can you can choose to do that, and um, companies will will follow. You know they will say, okay, demand is there. We need to make more organic food, and then prices will come down. It's pretty simple. I mean, we've seen it in the last decade, right? How many more organic farms? How, how many more companies are delivering organic? How many more people are buying organic? It's just continuing to increase. But that's just one solution one small solution to this huge multifaceted problem the thing i wanted to just kind of put a pin in right there was if we choose to live in this society and be a part of it these are all the things we need to think about doing every day to optimize our health to help prevent and help our bodies fight against chronic disease and to you know live as long and healthy and pain-free as we possibly can you know that's why i have a sauna right there actually an infrared sauna on the other side of this camera um that i use that I love. I love the sauna, by the way. I do sauna, ice bath, sauna. Um, I do it right now. I do it twice a week. I do about an hour each time. So I'll go like 25 minutes. Uh, mine gets hot. It's like 170 degrees. It's a wooden one. It's 170 degrees Fahrenheit. And so I do about 25 minutes and then I'll go ice plunge and then I'll come back in and do like 30 minutes plus. And then I'll do some breath work in there as well. It's It's one of the most Better than any drug for sure, you know, Fantastic. <laughs> um, and I do that on my like recovery days and my rest days and I would do it every day. It's just, you know, the, the time it's like I prioritize my time, but these things, the sauna, the light therapy, the red light therapy, the infrared, the, you know, um, I I'd love to do, I mean, we're, we're out of time right now. I'd love to do a follow-up conversation with you at some point about health optimization and, you know, um, and going deeper into some of these, you know, some of the things uh, that people can do who really want to biohack and optimize their health at the highest level. We covered a lot today, which was awesome. So thank you. Um, by the way, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best place for them to do that? Uh, we have a website, which is www.therasage.com. You can write us at support at therasage.com we have an active instagram and facebook group um we're pretty you know we're pretty accessible you can dial in at triple eight four one six forty four forty one 
And uh, we, you know, we're in, we're an interesting group, Nathan, because our one of our core principles it's not good enough just to make a great device and deliver it on time. We also want to make sure that you um, integrate it into your lives and understand how to use it. So, so we have developed a uh, another division called Thera Health, where we have um, active health providers, integrated functional practitioners. We have an emotional healer. We have a top culinary chef and a movement specialist that's part of our team. And so people can kind of call in and they have challenges. They know, they understand how to use our devices. The first call is free. Uh, and so we get everybody set up so that we understand their goals. Um, and then <clears throat> we give them a protocol that'll generally take them. Um, and we track people for the first 12 weeks so that they will have enough cycle experience using the, our, our devices, sauna or healing pads, so that if they run into any questions or whatever, we have a, a, um, a FAQ, a pretty active website. And uh, one of my favorite things actually in the morning is to watch my in, Instagram um, uh, page because, because it amazes me how people are just so excited to use our devices and spend their life, their time of their life getting on and, and showing how they use our ozone devices and our, and different things that we made. So, so what we tried to do is maximize the time when you're in sauna. So we brought in ozone and aromatherapy and guided meditation and reflexology. So in a half hour, you can get out and just feel like a million bucks. That's awesome. Just That's like what awesome. you've done. Yeah. yeah so I it's love really, that. it's really cool. I love stacking a lot of different things together at once. So yeah. Yeah. Robbie, um, this was awesome, dude. Thanks for coming on the podcast and, uh, Hey, we're getting together at a retreat next month. Really looking, know, looking forward, forward to, to seeing yeah, you in person, here. man. Yeah. yeah. It'd be great. And awesome. the whole team, right? Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Appreciate the opportunity to share some wisdom with the community. Hopefully it'll inspire somebody and, we'll be able to get more people on the path to taking more challenge, make more of their own health challenges, you know, to own them and do something about it. And, uh, you know, we're here to help. You don't have to buy a device to, to contact us. If you're just needing to know more, our website is very informational. So just reach out. And so again, thank you for the opportunity. It's really great. Awesome. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nathan crane podcast. If you found value in today's podcast, please share it with others. Subscribe to catch future episodes and leave a rating and a review. For more information or to connect with Nathan, check him out online at www.nathancrane.com and follow him on Facebook and YouTube at Nathan Crane. Until next time, this has been the Nathan Crane Podcast.